Are you a student, mentor, or parent that loves robotics? Then you're in the right place. Up-to-date info on all things robotics, this is the RoboZone Podcast with your host, Pete Ekman. The RoboZone Podcast is brought to you by Kettering University. It's a Kettering-built world. Hello and welcome to the 75th episode of the RoboZone Podcast. This podcast is for Thursday, September 27th. In this episode, we continue with our coverage for Rover Ruckus, this year's FTC game. This is episode 3 of that series. And in this episode, we'll be talking about the meta, or what all the teams will be shooting for to maximize their entry in their robot in competition to make sure they could score the most points for their alliance. We are going to talk to a participant on the RoboZone podcast from the past, and he is guiding his team to FTC and Rover Ruckus this year. Don't forget to listen to the whole episode of the RoboZone podcast, but because yet again, we have another giveaway from AndyMark, one of our sponsors. So listen to the whole episode, and let's get to hear from our sponsor at this time. The RoboZone Podcast is brought to you by AndyMark.com, your robot parts experts. With me tonight, I have the king of the meta. He texted me earlier today. He said, I think I have the meta for this new game called uh, Rover Ruckus. I'm just pulling his leg, you know, setting up high expectations as we do in first. So, Chris, please introduce yourself. Yes, I'm Chris Summers. I am the coach of the FTC team. The Loose Screws, 5237. It is a junior high team because we are in Michigan. Right. And uh, that's unique, as they say, to Michigan is the junior high teams or FTC teams. Uh, once in a while, you'll see a ninth grader on them, but pretty much they're the junior high, right? Yes. In Michigan, they use FTC more as a bridge between FLL and FRC. And that really helps elevate the FRC game. As we all know, that Michigan teams are really good. And it's my personal belief that Michigan finals is comparable to Einstein. You know, there's a lot of comparisons, and if you're not, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't live in the state of Michigan, please forgive us. We do, we both do live in the state of Michigan, so we are subject to what he's talking about, and and it's a, a standing joke that the Michigan State Championships for FRC is kind of more competitive than Worlds, because you have, you know, 500. There was 507 FRC teams last year, or 540. I can't remember which. The number keeps growing for FRC. But, uh, you know, you have the hundred uh, top 120 teams going to state championships, and then we, you know, it's it's intense no matter what field you're on. So, Chris, tell us uh, a little bit about the team uh, since the last time we talked. We talked about a year ago. Uh, so mm-hmm. catch us up on how the team's doing. Well, we lost some eighth graders, but we gained some new sixth graders. It's team's looking pretty solid this year. We have... A lot of hard workers, a lot of kids ready just to get in there and start building robots. I have to say, hold on, guys. We actually need to know what we need to build. So the first few weeks are a bit slow in the building department as we strategize and try to get a good understanding of how the game is going to be played. That way, when we build a robot, we can think and plan everything out before we start building something that might not work in the end. 
Right, and and I don't know if you listened to the. We've done two episodes now on Rover Ruckus uh, for the podcast, and the first one was doing the autonomous portion, and then last week talk we talked about the teleop portion. But when you and me were texting over the last couple of days, uh, and thank you for volunteering to come on the podcast again, was you think you said you know the meta. And that is a very unique word for me because I'm a huge gamer. So when you start talking metas, I'm like, really? That piqued my interest mm-hmm. very, very quickly. So tell us a little bit more what do you th- what when you said meta, uh, what were you referencing? As I talk about the meta, I'm referencing how the game will be played at the highest level of competition where at- – Every robot will be able to perform every task, but how they perform it and what specifically they do is more of what the meta is. So what do you think the meta is going to be this year for Rover Ruckus? I think the meta all comes down to the teleop scoring. The autonomous and endgame points are huge, and for lower levels of play, they will be dominating because the landing gives you 30 uh, points. Like autonomous, you can get quite a bit of points. And then if you can just lift your robot off the field for endgame, that's 50 points. That is 10 pieces of fuel in teleop. So, but as you go to more higher levels of competition, every robot is going to be able to land in autonomous. They're all going to be able to sample their gold mineral from the silver minerals they're going to be able to raise their robot in the end game so all of that fixed points and there's nothing you can really do to make your latch make your hang more valuable than others so that's where the minerals come in place because those are there's a lot of them out in the field. There is like 80 of the gold pieces and around 60 of the silvers, if I remember that correctly. It sounds like a nightmare for setup. I don't think this year's game was easy for the setup crew. No, and they have to evenly split the gold and silver pieces between the two craters. That's going to be real fun for the reset crew and could possibly determine matches if one team, say, gets more wiffle balls which have a easier scoring condition than the gold blocks do you know i thought first would have learned its lesson on just stronghold no not stronghold that was steamworks yes when steamworks was were around uh there was a it was a logistical nightmare and watching those field crews work the fields i i still give them thank yous to this day and props for doing that because that was a logistical nightmare so it sounds like I think there were there were around six hundred pieces of or six hundred wibbles on that field. Yeah, they which, would have they would have boxes that they would measure out because they had to measure them right. You had to have you yeah. had to have every little piece of fuel uh, accounted for because there are certain FRC uh, head, mentors and I'm not going to name names, but they're very meticulous, knowing that there's an exact number of fuel on them because they shot fuel into the air. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to mention his name, but we know who who we're talking about. Anyways, uh, but he's he he takes it in fashion. He's got a great sense of humor. Uh, but mm-hmm. the setup for this field is going to be you know chaotic. And let's get back to the meta. You said it's all going to be in the teleop. So how are you going about uh, your drive team educating the drive team strategy? How are you guys getting that together for that meta? 
Well, what we did is on the very first practice, we had a makeshift robot and drive teams where we just put four new students out on the field and had two drivers control them, each one. The autonomous, we gave them 30 seconds for the students on the field to do whatever, and then we had a driver give the movement-based commands and the manipulator give the arm hand controls and the students on the field had to do exactly what their drive coats or drivers told them to do and we found some interesting things out that way like in autonomous some students opted to grab some fuel or not fuel what am i still thinking uh works they opted to grab minerals from the crater during autonomous to score into the lander they uh, and then during driver controlled they found out that it's easier to score the wiffle balls because it's a shorter scoring distance than the gold blocks and then some of the students during the last few set or no actually as soon as end game started that last 30 seconds every student grabbed onto that last to hang and then they just kind of sat there for the remaining 25 seconds so they found out that if they have a fast hanging mechanism they can utilize most of that end game and they don't have to waste time just hanging there doing nothing now see that's very interesting chris because if if that's a that's a thing that ftc can take a page from frc because we've hung for the last three years in a row, or maybe it's four years in a row. So, you know, those cycle times of getting your robot up into the air, you could take a page and look at the the highest level, you know, highest caliber of robot from the last FRC season to see how quickly they did things and then maybe borrow um, some of the lifting devices that they had. I mean, I know you guys, I if I was going to design one, it'd be kind of like an arm because you want to put your robot down in the beginning because you're scoring points there too. But again, it's it's how quickly you can get that robot off the ground. Yeah, and I think it's going to come down not to the actual lift mechanism, but how they grab onto that latch to hang. That's a very small window for a team to grab onto, and there's not much area to move around in that lander. There's two legs of that lander sticking out and my team just put a hook on our uh, previous robot this last practice and tried latching onto that oh it took them quite a while just to line that up and snap that hook so we're going to spend a lot of time focusing on a good way to consistently quickly latch on because after you latch on it's just a simple lift yourself up I believe for Endgame, you don't even need to lift up a certain amount. I know for Autonomous, you, Aaron, when you start the match, you have to be four inches off the ground. Okay. But for Endgame, there's no limit. Uh, you must be three inches off the ground to get points. It's just you have to be off the ground. And I don't want to make it sound like it's easier than it is, but it does. at least it, they don't have to do the same things that the high school teams had to do as far as lifting off a foot off the ground and staying up at zero or I remember the uh we we talked about steamworks that was a nightmare year where you saw robots just falling left and right off those ropes it was a lot harder um that that year than it was I would say last year I mean the the climbing apparatus for FRC last year was only like a foot wide um yeah but 
we had some very interesting um, mechanisms that we saw, especially at championships. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember the ropes, if you had a bad rope back in Steamworks, you were done. I mean, things were falling. And when they fell, they fell with great velocity, and they broke mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> I remember even the hot team fell victim to that. I think mainly because they had too much power into that hook or to their climber, but once they got it, man, they could climb under a second. Yeah, shot shot up. And I remember that year for Steamworks, you actually had to pin the, the plate at the top, too. So it wasn't just easy lifting. You had to actually pin that thing up at the top, and people would just ram the robots all the way to the top to make sure that they were good at zero. So there was a lot of breakage uh, on robots, not only the robots, but the field elements, too. It was a nightmare that year. So thanks for telling us, Chris, about how you guys are approaching that. I mean, Let's talk about the game. Are you excited about the game this year? I'm very excited about this game. It's one of the few years where we don't just start on a flat surface or completely in the field. We get to start on a on the latch hanging off the ground, and then it's up for autonomous mode to safely get us into position. I think that does give an extra level of difficulty for autonomous because depending on how your robot sets itself down on the field, you might not start in the exact position every time. And tell us about the lander. Now, I don't do FTC, right? I've seen pictures of the lander, but I haven't really got the chance to touch one and see what it's like. I've heard they're fragile. I've heard we've said on the I've heard on the podcast that they're hard to put together. I mean, is there going to be field elements breaking this year? I can definitely say there will be some field elements breaking, all depending on how hard teams try to latch onto that hook it's the latch itself is attached to a decently thick piece of plexiglass but it's still that so if i think this is the main reason there is a weight limit to the robot this year so the latches just completely or don't completely shatter when you have teams climbing because imagine you have a 42 pound robot that's the maximum weight limit for this year have a 42 pound robot grabbing onto this latch that's held to the lander with two bolts and it pulls as fast and hard as it can to raise itself off the ground it's going to happen and i think first might have to look into beefing up that hook the latch to make sure teams don't just rip it off the lander but we haven't started trying to lift yet so l- let me clarify because I, I don't know if i know this answer can multiple robots hang off the same hook or is there a series of hooks on each side uh there is one hook for each side and i believe that you can only be you only get points for uh latching in endgame if you're fully supported by your latch so it's not like frc last year where you can deploy a few hooks and lift up your alliance partner if you do that in ftc this year they won't get any points oh that's a bummer man because that, that was some of the most exciting things team hot did it last year uh um 17 or uh i'm i'm gonna screw up their uh nc gears 17 18 no 17 18's fighting pie uh i'm getting my teams yeah there we go there we go you you got you got me you know where i was going and there's two there's over what seven thousand uh series numbers now it's hard to keep them straight let alone the ones in our own state Um, i think it's past eight thousand now oh is it really it might have yeah (laughs) that's a lot of new teams 
we're going to see some five-digit team name numbers coming up soon. Yeah, uh, they're going to have to change rules, right? Because we have to hit display the team numbers on the sides of the robot. So, oh man, to... bumpers. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, because bumpers they are a real thing. To, they either have to change the stroke width for the numbers, or they're going to have to make each team have ten inches of bumper for each side, rather than the eight that we've had this past ever since we've had bumpers. You know, I don't understand those teams that don't have full-length bumpers. I know I had last year's my first year for my team, um, and the only thing that we didn't have was the front where we and, you know, we took in the, the power cube. I can understand there. But I saw certain robots that would only cover the corners for a certain length, uh, according to the rules, and I thought yeah. you would break your robot a lot easier. But Yeah, it, it all depends on the team. Some teams may think that it's easier to cover the corners, where some teams may think it's easier just to have two pieces and have a few mounting locations. Other teams say, you know what, we're going to make it really easy and just have one bumper that slides over top of it. And they're the easiest ones to change in and out, unless you have Velcro. Uh, I bought mine from uh, a vendor, and I'll put the name out there somewhere. I can't remember the name of it. But I had the reversible bumper, so I never had to remove the bumpers. I just folded them under. So they're blue on one side, red on the other, and Velcroed. Uh, you talked about your, the, a little bit of the strategy your guys are doing for the team, what your drive team is doing, kind of you know, all around. You said you like the game. Uh, I can't wait to see the game. So uh, let's change Let's change the gears a little bit. Thanks for telling us all about FTC and your team and how you guys can do it and how you're approaching it and some of the things uh, that you guys are doing, not only with the team, but the game itself. So let's let's change gears. Let's talk about FRC, right? Um, okay. We like to cover both, both, team, both sets of genre or both programs, both FTC and, and FRC. Hey, did you get to watch the teaser video for FRC? It was released Actually, like two weeks I, ago. I haven't gotten to see that one yet. So uh, we discussed it a little bit last week. Uh, even though it was an FTC, we were covering FTC. I had Peter Stevens and Nathan Lesser, uh, two guys, both not in the state of Michigan. It was kind of nice to have them on, and, and props to those, for them coming on and their teams. Um, but this year's teaser video is really unique. There isn't any human player in there. There's no human activity. It's kind of like a animation, um, a you know cartoon, but it leaves a lot to to understand what's going on or try to understand what's going on. I mean, there's there's the conspiracy theories flowing, um, but if you if you thought about what a game might be, Deep Space. Now that you know what Rover Ruckus is, right? What do you think FRC might be? Because there's always kind of a tie between the two. Well. Obviously, we're going into space, and if we're going into space, we're trying to find life. And what's the one thing that is almost a guarantee that there's going to be life on another planet? It's water. There's going to be a water game next don't, year. No, don't start that. Because they, they, if you watch the chits, or the the uh, Twitch stream, they tried to bring that up, and they said, no, there's not going to be any water. Well, they didn't say no. They said it's would be hard to run an event that had water in it, I think is what they said. But uh, do you think we're going to have a, a throwing game? I mean, it's been a year. Last year, only a certain amount of robots threw the power cube, and those were kind of cool. But it wasn't a, necessar- necess- a necessity of the game, if I can speak correctly. But do you think we're going to have a tossing game kind of like um, prior games? 
we might have a shooting game. I think the pattern as it goes is an unusual game object and then a shooting game kind of goes back and forth between those. I think there's still plenty of uh, game elements that FRC could pull out and use. Like we haven't had a football shaped game piece before. I think tennis balls, I would love to see the return of multiple game pieces. Not many as the fuel and steam works, but if we could have a decent amount of tennis balls on the field, that might be a decent game piece. Or they might go in the complete opposite direction and give us a few big game pieces to control and move around. Oh, kind of like, I can't remember what it was, but there was a year, it was before my time with with robotics, where you pulled around these things and you threw the balls inside of them. I don't know what year that was. Oh, that was lunacy, and that game was lunacy. (laughs) And people people have joked, lunacy 2.0 might be this year where it's a limited friction game, right? Um, It is the 10th year anniversary of lunacy. So do you think that it could be lunacy 2.0? People might lose their minds. I think First has definitely learned their lesson from previous games, so I don't think we'll ever see any other kind of floor like Regolith. But the idea of pulling a trailer behind you that opponents could shoot into, I think that's a really cool concept and could have some creative teams and always good strategizing with your partners to protect areas. I think if you have a carpeted field rather than the regolith that Lunacy used, you might be able to have more of a exciting match to watch rather than just sick robots gently shoving each other in a pile. Right. Do you think it's going to be a flat surface, or do you think we might have to traverse a hill or two because the moon is not exactly flat? Everyone knows that. There's great big craters, and you guys have a crater that you have to deal with in Rover Ruckus, so... Maybe there's a crater that we're going to have to deal with at the FRC level? Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. We'll have to watch out to see if there's going to be any interchangeable ones like Stronghold used. But again, I think they learned their lesson and will very well limit how many interchangeable field elements there will be. But the possibility of driving over some big hills is something that we haven't really seen since Stronghold and even far back to Breakaway, where there is a giant trapezoid, two giant trapezoids separating the field apart. What was it? What is, Chris, what is your favorite FRC game ever? Oh, FRC game, that's a challenge. I would have to say. I think Ultimate Ascent was one of the best games that First has made for FRC. Mostly for the point that there was no one robot that could do everything. You had to have specialized robots, and some worked really well together. But talking about favorite First games, my favorite FTC game would have to be Block Party. All the way back in the 2012 to 2013 year. And why? I think Block Party, if you haven't seen it yet, you should just watch the kickoff animation. But it was 
one of the most well-balanced games FTC has ever seen, where there was, at higher levels of competition, no one team that could just completely dominate. It helped to have one team that could dominate, but they still needed a good partner to rank high and eventually win in the finals. There were enough elements of that game where you could have rookies significantly contribute to the match score and help win. There was like the crankshaft was just spinning a crankshaft to raise a flag. Then hanging in itself was another task that year, but it wasn't that difficult. I say that with a grain of salt, but from like just a technical standpoint, it was a ramp leading up to a bar above you, and you just had to lift yourself off the ground. From a technical standpoint, it wasn't that hard to do compared to like the FRC steamworks where you had to climb a rope. It was just, here's a bar, you can climb it yourself. And it led to many good strategies, ultimately leading... It's leaving itself open enough for a double hang, which they never explicitly said you could or couldn't do. But the way the rules were, were written, you just had to be off the ground and fully supported by that bar. And teams figured out that, hey, if we hang together, that gives us an extra 50 points that our opponents might not be able to make up for. Kind of like last year, right? Kind of like this past season with Power Up. Yes. So I think, everyone... and that's why I think, that's why yeah. I think Rover Ruckus is going to be a good challenge because I think the landing and like all the autonomous and end game scoring options are fairly balanced with the mineral scoring. It's there's going to be some scoring options that won't be used. Like I think the depot is more of a bait that teams will think oh we don't want to lift the minerals and place them up there we think we can get more into that depot i i think that's a trap they gotta look at the points for that you only get two points per mineral in the depot and you get five per mineral in the cargo hold so that means if you score one in the cargo hold you just outscored the two that you scored in the in the depot and what about, do you think teams, and we brought this up last week when I was talking to both Peter and, and Nathan, do you think teams are going to learn from last year's FTC game where they had those arms and they were sticking the idols, you know, outside the uh, the field surface to, to put them on? I can't remember what the, the cards that were on the ground, but putting the idol on the ground, do you think you could someone could reuse that idea for this year's game? Uh, there's definitely that possibility. There is a autonomous scoring option of claiming your depot where you take your team marker, which is new to FTC, and place it in the depot. On all your team marker is it's some piece that you build yourself. It just has to have your team name or your team number on it. And then your robot starts with it inside. And it has to start if you start latched onto your rover it has to be four inches off the ground but um, you just have to place it in the depot to get your 15 points and if your alliance partner does that too then any 
mineral that is scored in the depot cannot be removed by your opponents. I don't really think that's going to come into play for any high level of competition. I think it's all going to come down to scoring in the cargo hold where you can't remove your opponent's pieces. I I think it's a cool thing for the game design committee to try out. I just don't think it's going to see that much use at high level competition. Maybe it's used for entertainment value specifically because everyone wants to design these little, you know, things and put their team numbers on them and see how creativity you can have. Uh, you know, you run. I used to run out of things for all the kids to do, right? And you give that idea to a couple kids. They, hey, you, you're going to design this thing that our robot's going to place in this certain piece. I mean, there's always that assignment you can give a child, and that's a creative assignment. That's great. Yeah, I think it's going to be really cool to have your students come up with anything like that. You're you're going to see no two similar team markers. They're all going to be different. They're all going to be crazy. You're probably going to see a lot of memes in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh hopefully, well, I think it it's a chance for your like uh you you belong to the loose screws. Maybe it's something that you guys will design if you guys have a mascot. Maybe it's going to be the mascot. I'm bet you we're going to see a lot of mascots. Yeah, we do have our mascot, Screwy the Screw. So they can probably make a 3D printed Screwy, put the team numbers on them, and throw them out in the depot during autonomous. Right. I mean, I think that's kind of cool. Maybe, maybe we're going to have to do that for FRC too. Who knows? I, yeah, I have no we haven't. The only. It's the only games I can think of where you had to bring a separate part of your robot on the field was in uh, Strong, yeah, no, yeah, Stronghold, no, Steamworks for the rope. And yeah. back in 2011 in Logomotion, you had to bring a minibot onto the field. I think, I know a lot of people didn't like the minibots, but I think this. Deep space might be a good time to uh, to return the mini bots. Mm, I hope you're wrong, just from my perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard enough time trying to design one, let alone something two. I think the main weeks. issue with the mini bots that happened in 2011 is that at high levels of competition, if you win first place, you won. There, the scoring, there wasn't enough scoring the inner tubes to make uh, to make up a mini bot win okay it was just a set amount and once you got the first upper two rows on both sides done that's kind of the limit to each team you can do or for each alliance at high levels of play mm-hmm. it just came down to the mini bot because winning first and fourth place in the mini bot race scored more than second and third combined wow it's interesting i'm gonna have to go back and look at that year Mm -hmm. watch some videos and and the one that you told us with the block party one i'm gonna go look at that after we're done and and uh, try to see what that game was about on youtube hopefully there's some videos out there yes block party is definitely my favorite fdc game Well, Chris, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast again tonight with me. And as you sign out, please give us your full name again and then the team number you're on and how we can follow your team if you guys have any social media. Yes, my name is Chris Summers. My FTC team is 5237 The Loose Screws. And we have a Facebook page 
I believe we're starting to set up other social media places, so we'll link that to our Facebook page. The RoboZone Podcast is brought to you by AndyMark.com, your robot parts experts. Again, I'd like to thank Chris Summers for coming on board, telling us what he thinks the meta is going to be for Rover Ruckus this season. And I'm sure, as well as you can tell, he is aiming his team to meet that meta and compete at a very high level. So now it's time for the giveaway. This is the second time we've done a giveaway, and this is for a Redline Motor donated to the podcast for this giveaway by Andy Mark. In order to win this Redline Motor, what you need to do is send me an email at robozonepodcast at gmail.com. That's robozonepodcast at gmail.com. And provide me with your name, team number, and your address so that I can send it to you. I will broadcast who the winner is on the next episode. You have finished listening to the 75th episode of the RoboZone Podcast. You can listen to us on Apple iTunes Podcasts, Google Music, and SoundCloud. We will see you again next week. So if you're competing in Rover Ruckus or getting ready to compete in Rover Ruckus, good luck with your design, your strategy, and your build for your robot. Thank you for listening to the RoboZone Podcast, and have a good week. The RoboZone Podcast is brought to you by Kettering University. It's a Kettering-built world. Thanks for listening to the RoboZone Podcast with your host, Pete Ekman. Find us online at RoboZoneTV.com and on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram.